The Holy Gospel according to St. Mark from the 10th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Our Gospel this morning is from Mark chapter 10, verses 23 through 31. It can be found in the Pew Bible on page 1571. Mark 10, 23 through 31. Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, How hard it is for the rich to enter the kingdom of God. The disciples were amazed at his words. But Jesus said again, Children, how hard it is to enter the kingdom of God. It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of the needle than for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. And the disciples were even more amazed and said to each other, well, who then can be saved? And Jesus looked at them and he said, with man, this is impossible, but not with God. All things are possible with God. And then Peter spoke up, we've left everything to follow you. Truly I tell you, Jesus replied, no one who has left home or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or fields for me and the gospel will fail to receive a hundred times as much in this present age. Homes, brothers, sisters, mothers, children and fields along with persecutions and in the age to come eternal life. But many who are first will be last, and the last shall be first. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. Will you pray with me? May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. In the name of Jesus, because nothing good comes from any other source. Let's together see and think and meditate on what we have done. And then after that, let us think, meditate, and rejoice in what he has done for you and for me. You know, from time to time, uh, not all the time, but from time to time, I wonder what the rest of the world must think of the United States, particularly as um, in my mind's eye, I see a people in a faraway land gathering together for some social time around one TV, satellite linked up. And as the members of this community gather together on the only television, what must they think of the United States? What do they think of houses with more than one room? What do they think of a woman or a man who can't decide what to wear while their entire wardrobe is on their backs? It's what they're wearing at the time. What must they think? What do they think of people trying to decide decide 
where shall we have lunch? All the while, maybe they wonder where or if they're going to have lunch. Even the poorest of the poor in these United States would be judged wealthy by citizens in most all other nations of the world. And that is why the words of Jesus today in the gospel should terrify every American. His words, of course, were it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. Ouch. Now, Jesus' words are even more startling when we study the role of wealthy people in the first century Israel. There is a special reverence, it would seem, that most Westerners hold for people who take a voluntary vow of poverty in order to serve others. We do admire a doctor that gives up a a practice, a, a successful practice in the suburbs, and goes in to minister to the poor in the inner city. What's not to admire there? We admire the person who leaves a good job in the United States in order to feed the poor in some third world country. Why wouldn't you look at that with admiration? Most of us admire the work of Mother Teresa that she did among the poor in India. And most of us in this church have heard the words of Jesus concerning wealth so often that we've gotten used to the idea that the poor have a special place, a special place in God's heart. But this was not, this was not so in first century Israel. While biblical culture certainly frowned on people who had massed their wealth in an illegal way, those who achieved their wealth through diligence and hard work were considered to be favored of God. And that was the scene that we are privy to today with the disciples the honored places in heaven were reserved, or so they thought, for people who obtained wealth in legal ways and used it to support the church and the community. And the disciples would have thought that the honest rich are the most likely to enter heaven, for they are the favored ones of God. Thus the teachings of Jesus that compare the poor and the wealthy had to be mind-blowing, startling for the people of Israel of that day. Jesus must have given the disciples a headache when he pointed to the widow and the widow's might in Luke 21, 3-4, where he said, Truly, I tell you, this poor widow has put more than all of them. Do you remember that? For he said, they all contributed out of their abundance. But she, in her poverty, put in all that she had to live on. We can see the confusion of the disciples in their response to Jesus in today's gospel. Do you remember that? They said, 
<laughs> then who can be saved? If not the rich man who is God's favored, if the odds of the rich are the same as the odds of that camel, then who can get into the kingdom of God? If the honest rich can't get in, then none of us have a chance. None of us have a chance. That is the message. That is the message of the law in today's gospel. What have you done? None of us have a chance. And the teaching in today's gospel is not that it is bad to be rich. Oh, no. But that no one is able to enter the kingdom of God with their own resources. Can I get an amen? When Jesus said that the most respected members of the culture could not earn their way into God's kingdom, he was saying that none of us, rich or poor, can earn a place in God's kingdom. And all of us, all of us are as likely to enter God's kingdom as a camel is likely to pass through the eye of a needle. And no, I'm not talking about some mythical like door that you came into the city at night, you know, didn't exist, okay? He's literally talking about a needle, literally talking about a camel, that's how much a person has, how much luck, well, can't be done. And the Holy Spirit inspired David to write this in Psalm 51, 5. David writes, Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. What have you done? What have I done? And Paul writes in Romans 5, 12, death spread to all men because all sinned. What have I done? Paul listed a few of those sins in Galatians. Not going to list them now. And then he concluded in 5, 21, Galatians 5, 21, I warn you, he said, as I warned you before, those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. What have I done? What have you done? And all of these verses reveal our sinful nature to us. We are sinners from conception. And the only thing that happens as we grow and mature is that our sins get more imaginative, sneakier, and more destructive. And with man, it is truly impossible to inherit the kingdom of God, period, full stop. Now, while it may be impossible with man, it is possible with God. Jesus said, with man, it is impossible, but not with God, for all things are possible with God. And God is almighty, and he loves you Dearly, he loves you so much that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. And verse 17 is so very important. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. We do not have the resources to enter the kingdom of God. 
But the kingdom of God has what it takes to enter us. We do not pray for us to come to God's kingdom. Instead, we pray to our Father in heaven, saying, Thy kingdom come. The kingdom of God comes to us in the form of the God-man, Christ Jesus. And in Jesus Christ, God took on a human nature and he humbled himself to live with us under the law. And in his humility, he kept the law for us. And he even humbled himself to death on the cross. And his death, the death of a perfect, holy, and innocent man, that did for us what it is impossible for us to do for ourselves. He made it possible for the kingdom of God to be in us and for us to be in the kingdom of God. And the Holy Spirit provides the finishing touches for God's work in us. How does he do that? Well, he makes the impossible possible. The Holy Spirit gives us God's word. The Holy Spirit gives us that word in many ways. We read it ourselves in our private time with God. We share it among others as we meet with our brothers and sisters in Christ to learn and study the word. And we hear it. We hear it read in divine service, and we also taste it as Christ gives us his true body and blood in, with, and under the bread and the wine of the holy meal. And the Holy Spirit generously uses all of these ways to feed our spirits with God's word. And through the word, he creates and sustains faith in us. And he gives us the faith that believes that the suffering and the death of Jesus Christ takes away all of our sins. Did you hear that? Look what he did. Look what he did. And through that faith, the camel passes through the needle's eye. That is, great news, that the rich and the poor alike enter the kingdom of God. And today's gospel follows last week's gospel. That is to say, last week we heard how a rich young ruler went away sorrowful because gold was his God, little g, God. And this week, Jesus used the difficulty that this young man had to teach us that none of us, neither rich nor poor, can enter the kingdom of God on our own. Instead, the kingdom of God comes to us because nothing is impossible with God. Whether we are rich or whether we are poor, the Holy Spirit's gift of faith in the work of Jesus Christ puts the kingdom of God in us and us in the kingdom of God. In the name of Jesus, amen.